Um, like Shad mentioned, my name is Greg Wilton, and uh, I invite you to open up your Bibles to 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 15. That's where we're going to hang out. We're just actually going to hang out for a third of the verse this morning because we went through the first part of the verse on Friday night, and then we went through the second part of the verse uh, last night for our time together, Um, and then this morning we're going to wrap up for us as the youth group, 1 Peter 3.15, the third part of this particular verse that I've always loved and enjoyed. I just want to say real quickly though, um, how much I really like the gumbo here in Ruston. I'm telling you, someone made some gumbo yesterday from this church, and it was top-notch. And then to have some uh, breakfast burritos this morning, uh, man, I'm telling you what, my, my belly is full, and I, I want you to trust when I say that my heart is full as well for getting to hang out with Shad. Shad came down uh, to Mission Lab this past summer for a, a mission trip with the youth group, and that's where we really got to meet and make a friendship from there, and he was so kind to extend an invitation for me to come and to be a part of, of your church family uh, this weekend with the youth, and uh, I've had a great time, and I trust that uh, others have had a great time as we have uh, focused on this particular verse, and I just wanted to say also thank you to your pastor, Pastor Paul. Um, I'm a preacher's kid, so I am originally from New Orleans. My parents are from South Africa. They migrated from South Africa to New Orleans to attend New Orleans Baptist Theological Seminary, which is where I was born. And then I've spent middle school and high school in Spartanburg, South Carolina. My dad has been pastor of First Baptist Church, Spartanburg, South Carolina, for the past 30 years and just retired in December. And, um, and so that makes me, and I'm mostly from New Orleans, that makes me a Cajun African-American redneck. <laughs> That's what makes me. Um, and, but besides the point, my dad has been an evangelist and has gone around preaching. I was asking someone whether or not potentially maybe back in the day he came and preached at this church before. He, uh, he served as Billy Graham's pastor up in Spartanburg, South Carolina. And Brother Paul, if there's anything that my daddy has taught me is to respect this. Isn't this a special thing right here? And I'm so grateful for your pastor. I'm grateful for your pastor, how he's, he's currently guiding you through the book of Romans. And he's doing everything that he can to just elevate this and to bring this to us and make sure that this is our, our source for authority and for life, and for faith, and for practice. So I do not take this lightly. I want to just say thank you so much, Pastor, for giving me the privilege of of just getting to, in just even a small way, just open up God's Word and to encourage uh, the people here. I want you to know that uh, there are two types of people, lost and saved. And so if you find yourself in that category of lost, that you don't know Jesus... Everything that I want to do right now is to point you to Jesus. I want you to see that it is imperative that you repent of your sins and you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. 
and you will be saved. And then for those of you who are followers of Jesus, that as you listen this morning, that you would be encouraged and that you would be discipled through the Word of God. So this morning, the title of my message is How We Defend. How We Defend. Witnessing with gentleness and respect. Let me give you a bit of a recap for those students. They've heard this, but I'm going to do a very short recap of the first two messages that we had for this weekend. On Friday night, we focused on the first part of verse 15 where it says, but in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy. 1 Peter 3.15, that's part A. You see, a Christian is someone who honors Jesus. Amen? That's someone who honors Jesus. They honor Jesus as the Christ, as the anointed one. They honor Jesus as Lord, that is, He is in charge and He has all authority. And that they honor Him as holy, that He is our righteousness. And that truly a Christian does that in their hearts. Which is why the text says, but in your hearts honor Christ the Lord as holy. Then we went to last night, on Saturday night, and we looked at the middle section of this verse where it says, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. You see, a Christian who is a Christian on the inside then will naturally become a Christian on the outside. When you repent of your sins and you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, it'll cause you to have a manifestation of being about Jesus on the outside. And that causes you to always be ready to provide reasons to this world for the hope that is in you. So, this morning, we're going to talk about, well, how do we go about doing this? How do we defend our faith? The last part of this particular verse just simply says this, and this is what we're focusing on this morning. You can see it up on the screen. Yet, do it with gentleness and respect. You see, how we go about defending our faith matters. I want to pride myself in helping around the home. But my wife probably has a different opinion of me. Any uh, wives in the house can probably testify to this, that there's a lot of men that, that think that they are doing a great job around the home, and they, they may not be doing as well as they think that they are doing. You know, we have four kids, my wife Abby and I, ages 12, 11, 9, and 6, Max, Charlie, uh, Oliver and Gabby, and we all collectively try to help around the home. And we could be asked to do a particular assignment, much like you guys have. Clean up the trash, clean up the dishes, vacuum this, make your bed, put away the laundry. All of us are engaged, I hope, in some sort of aspect of helping around the house. Now, if I go and do that, and I do it in such a way that reflects that I am quite miffed by it. I am quite upset or disturbed by it. It actually really impacts my wife. And in fact, it impacts me. 
How we go about things actually matters. You know, I could have the assignment of the dishes, and then I could go and I could huff and I puff and I make sure all the dishes are done, and then God forbid I actually do this and I go back to my wife and I say, there you go, woman, the dishes are done. (laughs) Yeah, by your reaction already, it's very evident I'm probably sleeping with the dog on the couch that night. How we go about things matters. So, it says in the text, yet do it with gentleness and respect. Do what? Yet do it. Well, it's referring back to what we've already covered in this particular text. To make a defense. To provide reasons for the hope that is in you. I want to give you some statements and feel free to say amen if you agree with these things. First of all, statement is this. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Anyone want to say amen to that? I do. He's the only way, the only truth, and the only life. Another statement that I would want to tell you, and maybe you're invited, you're welcome to say amen if you agree with this, is that the world desperately needs Jesus. I, I tend to say that too. But what about this one? The world is increasingly rejecting Jesus. I live in New Orleans. I don't know about Ruston, but in New Orleans... Every single day, every single week, I am um, experiencing hostility towards all things related to Christianity, to Jesus, and to the church. What about this one? Do you agree with this? And if you do, um, say amen. Christians cannot compromise the gospel. I think we cannot do that. The gospel is the gospel. It's the good news concerning our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, that He is the only way, truth, and the life, that no man may come to the Father except through Him. And because of that, we cannot compromise the gospel. But in saying that, I'm recognizing that the world is becoming more and more hostile toward the gospel. I take, I teach four classes this semester as a a dean of level college. I've served as a missionary in Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia with the International Mission Board. I've even served for a short time with the North American Mission Board, serving refugees and immigrants in a spot called Clarkston in greater Atlanta. And when I've gone and I've done those things, I've had an opportunity to go and share the gospel and to proclaim Christ all around the world. Now I'm a teacher. I'm a professor of evangelism and missions at Level College. So we have New Orleans Baptist Theological Seminary, and they have an undergraduate college there called Level College. I'm the dean for the college there, and I teach evangelism and missions. And one of my favorite things to do happens on Wednesday right after lunch. It's the practice of evangelism class. The practice of evangelism class, this very semester, 
I want you to be proud to know that because of your faithfulness in the church right here and the ways in which you serve the, the Southern Baptist Convention and the cooperative program, right now you are empowering 30 students every Wednesday to go into the French Quarter and to share the gospel. That's our evangelism class. We're there every Wednesday. I lead them, I'm out there with them, and we go out and we share the gospel. The fascinating thing about this past Wednesday is this past Wednesday concluded Mardi Gras, and after Fat Tuesday comes what? Ash Wednesday. And Ash Wednesday, there happened to be quite a few people in the French Quarter going to that, that cathedral at Jackson Square to go and to receive the ashes on their forehead. But there was an issue. The issue was there was a number of people there with a lot of banners, some that were really accurate with regard to what I believe, and other the, others of them, they were really biting. They were really confrontational. And they had their megaphones and their speakers, and they were yelling, and they were getting into arguments, and it was a really touchy moment because I had 30 of my students all around the French Quarter while there were worldly people coming and doing these things related to getting ashes on their foreheads while there was also a group of people, I didn't know where they were from, with all these sorts of fascinating banners and things like that telling people to repent, right? You know, right now, because of the situation within our world, you and I have some options about how we can go out and proclaim our faith. All of you will agree that Jesus needs to be proclaimed in Ruston, right? Jesus needs to be proclaimed in the schools, amen? In the neighborhoods, amen? In, in all different aspects of life in Ruston, we desire that the Lord Jesus Christ is proclaimed. But because of the hostility that we face in this world, perhaps we're kind of thinking about some options, ways we could go about it. Option number one is to retreat. Option number one that a lot of Christians, just i got to be honest, are retreating. And you know what retreat means? I'm going to take my ball and I'm going to go home. And I'm going to do all I can to really revere and honor Christ the Lord as holy. And that actually means that I need to be having nothing to do with the world. So there are some Christians today in the United States of America who are going for the option of retreating, just retreating. There's another option. There's the option that I call the double down option. The double down option, which is, man, you and I, we all believe that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. We really believe that Jesus is the only hope and the only salvation of the world. Therefore, let's double down. Let's make sure that we really go hard, even to the point that you guys have seen this through our media channels and through what we observe all around us. Well, if the world is getting hostile with their views and their perspectives, then I need to get hostile as well with my view and my perspective. And let me see how I can match their intensity. Let me double down. Now, being led by the Spirit, 
There could be opportunities where that kind of makes sense. There could be opportunities where option A, retreating, also could sometimes feel like it makes sense. Let me tell you what I believe the third part of 1 Peter 3.15 provides us with a third way. And this third way just simply is doing things with gentleness and respect. This third way is how we defend. It's because of the truth of the gospel and because of the great need of the world, Christians are commanded to give a courageous, convictional defense of what they believe and they are commanded to do that with gentleness and respect. So I've got two questions and then I'm done because I know the youth are trying their best to stay awake right now after all the fun that they've had for this particular weekend. I've got two questions that I want to address with regard to how we defend and those two terms, gentleness and respect. Number one, why courageous convictional defense with gentleness? Somebody say gentleness. You see, gentleness is a sensitivity of a disposition. And it's a kindness of behavior. Why are we to be courageous, convictional witnesses with gentleness? That's what the text tells us. First of all, you can see it up there that gentleness is actually not a weakness. It's a strength. It's a strength because it helps you to represent yourself well to other people. When you are practicing gentleness, you're not being weak. You're actually being strong. Because when you practice gentleness, you're doing all you can to be as strong as you can to represent yourself and the Lord Jesus Christ well to other people. Secondly, gentleness is also a fruit of the Spirit. You guys know that from the book of Galatians. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. When you practice your faith out into the world and around in the culture with gentleness, you are actually demonstrating and showing that the Spirit is at work in you. That's the point of what we refer to as fruit of the Spirit. That means the Spirit of God is inside of you and He is producing His fruit through you. And one of those fruits is gentleness. In the third way, gentleness is being Christ-like. Gentleness is being Christ-like. Why? Because simply, when we read through the Gospels, we do see that Jesus is practicing gentleness. He modeled it. Listen to this in Matthew eleven twenty nine. It says this, Jesus said, Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart. One of the aspects of the beauty of who Jesus is, 
is that he demonstrated gentleness in his ministry. And so when you do that as well, you're demonstrating a Christ-like quality. Then the fourth place, gentleness, is God's posture toward us. What do I mean by that? Do you realize God took a gentle posture towards you? Is there any one of us who can say that we were not a sinner? Is there any one of us here who could say that we are without sin? That story of all the people surrounded and and Jesus says, let he who is without sin cast the first stone before this adulterous woman and they all turned away. If we were a part of that crowd holding the rocks, we'd be dropping the rocks ourselves because all of us are sinners and are justly judged by a holy and righteous God and we would be deserving of eternal damnation, separation from God in hell for all of eternity. But because God is gentle, He's abounding in mercy, He is full of compassion, and He is slow to anger. He longs for us to repent of our sins and come to faith and trust in Him. That is the posture that God has toward us should we not also have that posture toward our fellow man. The second point and the second question that I want to talk about and then I'll be done for this morning is just simply this question, why courageous convictional defense with respect? Because it says, yet... Do it with gentleness and respect. You see, respect is a sense of worth and dignity. You want to know what really can tick me off? Witnessing someone else littering. Anybody else with me? Anybody else been in a situation where you've been driving and someone was near you? And they opened the car door and they dumped out all of their McDonald's uh, trash right in front of you. I've seen that time and time again. And I don't need to tell you guys this. New Orleans is just a little bit dirty. (laughs) Just a little bit. There's some problems. I think the streets could uh, use an upgrade. And uh, some of the places like, you know, French Quarter and others, they might, they might stink a little bit more than normal, right? And by the way, I, I love living in New Orleans. I just love being there. I love running to the darkness. I want to light up the darkness. That's why I'm there. That's why I'm there, because I love it. I know so many people need Jesus, and that's where I've got to be. Just like you all feel like you have a calling to be exactly where God's called you to be so that you equally can light up the darkness. But besides that, the trash. Okay, the trash. It's just really bad. And you know something? I don't want to practice littering at all. This is a personal conviction of mine, but I don't want to practice littering because any time that I litter in my city or even here in Ruston, 
It is a demonstration of disrespect in a variety of different ways. I'm disrespecting the place where I'm living or the place I'm visiting. I'm disrespecting the other people that are around as well who also have to live in the same place. And I'm ultimately disrespecting myself. Why courageous convictional defense with respect? Number one, as you see it up, on, up there, respect reflects belief in the Imago Dei. When you have a sense of worth and dignity for all of creation, including all of God's humanity that He has created, when you are a convictional, courageous witness with respect, and you practice respect with those around you, you believe in the image of God in the people you are encountering. You believe that they have intrinsic value because God created them. I am 100% opposed to abortion. You want to know why? It violates the Imago Dei. I am 100% pro-life from the cradle to the grave because of the Imago Dei. I see incredible value in what God has created us, man and woman, male and female. So why would I then not apply a spirit of respect in the way in which I also witness? Secondly, we, res we respect in our witness because it is a validation of your defense. When you respect someone, yes, I know it sounds very wishy-washy in today's day and age, but it validates your ability to declare and proclaim the truth of the gospel. Because you do have an option. You can completely like just turn it off and don't care what other people think, don't care what other people believe, don't care what other people say, and just really say things regardless. But you're already shutting people off. When you do it with respect, you're validating the things that you have to say. And then here, finally, which is what you see up on the screen, respect demonstrates, ultimately, your deep admiration of the Gospel. My friends, in Malaysia, I was invited to a Muslim crusade. Do you know what I mean when I say a Muslim crusade? There was a guy named Zakir Naik. Younger people, you don't really understand the concept of crusades from a Billy Graham crusade point of view, and you really missed out. Because I got to go to a few of them. I've gotten to meet with Dr. Billy Graham several times, and they're incredible. Has anybody here, just by raising your hand, you've been to one of those Billy Graham crusades? Any, just a few people. That's when they draw a whole lot of people together to tell them about the gospel. This one time in Malaysia, a real famous YouTube sensation Muslim evangelist named Zakir Naik, he had a crusade in Malaysia in a massive soccer stadium. And Muslim people invited me to it. Now let me ask you a question. 
Should an entire soccer stadium full of Muslims hear the gospel and have an opportunity to repent and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ? Do you think that they should? Isn't that why you support missionaries to go and do that very thing? Let me tell you something. If that is true for the ridiculous, it is true for every single opportunity that's all around us. Your neighbor needs to hear about Jesus. Your coworker needs to hear about Jesus. Your classmates need to hear about Jesus. Your lost family and friends, they need to hear about Jesus. Because there is salvation in no other way excepting through Jesus. Can I go ahead and testify what Pastor Paul has testified about time and time again? That the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ is our only hope. And that if that is the case, we should proclaim it. And we should proclaim it with gentleness and respect. Let me go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, I thank You for allowing me to preach Your Word, even if it was just a short section of 1 Peter 3.15. Yet do it with gentleness and respect. May we not only be hearers of the Word, but doers of the Word. So God, help us to embody gentleness and respect as You call us to be Your witnesses with courage, and with conviction wherever You lead us. Help me, Lord, as You send me back to New Orleans with the prayers of these people to do this in New Orleans in moments like on Wednesdays with a large evangelism class, but with my life as well. And God, help me to pray for Emmanuel Baptist Church as they are witnesses and defend this wonderful, glorious gospel with gentleness and respect in the places that you have called them to. And God, ultimately, as I close my prayer, I pray that every single pe person here is absolutely certain of their relationship with you. That if they don't know you, that they would understand that you love us, that we are sinners, that we must repent of our sins, we must believe in You, Jesus, that You came, You lived, You died, You came back to life, ascended into heaven with a promise to return, and that if we repent and we believe, we shall not die, but have everlasting life. I pray that over every single person here. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Would you stand with us as we have a time of response through uh, invitation song? Wonderful, merciful Savior.